Hello there. Thanks for joining me for this episode of the Psychology Report. Today I'd like to uh, speak to fathers. Or on the other hand, I'd like to speak about fathers. You know, research indicates that the greatest impact on our children comes from the strong role a father plays in their life. Not just being in their life, but the strong role that a father plays in their life. Being a father who is loving and caring and involved is obviously one of the greatest gifts a child can receive from their parents. That doesn't diminish the impact of the mother. That's there. That's solid. We know that works. We know that that's important. We know that that's vital. We know that that is the nourishing strength of a child and its and his or her development. But what we recently are finding out, that the fathers are playing an increasingly important role, more than we ever thought, because some of the research now is starting to turn to the role of the father in the life of the child, rather than just the life of the mother or as parents in the life of a child. They're beginning to isolate what is the unique role of the father. Now, we know so far in our research that when a father is involved and a father has a free access to the child, if they're divorced or separated, or certainly within the home, if a child is involved with the father and the father is involved with the child, that child will do better in school. That child will be healthier. That child will live a happier life. That child's social development will be much more positive. And that child's acceptance of himself his sexual identity, his personal purpose in life, his self-esteem, his self-image, his traits, his abilities, will all be much more accepted and positive and flourish in the life of that child when he has a father that's involved. So men, what's the phrase? Man up. Get involved with your child. Be involved in the life of the child. Be involved in the intricacies of the child. All the little social nuances, the educational nuances, the spiritual development, the educational development, the social development, the emotional development, the self-acceptance development. And that child depends on you as a father being there and being involved and being part of the child's life. You know, we had some recent research uh, come out that showed that fathers experience the same degree of postpartum depression as do mothers. It's about one out of ten fathers experience a very dramatic, definite, identifiable postpartum depression. Now, why? Well, I think there's two things. One is that a child coming into the life of a father clips his wings says now we're no longer a boy we're no longer in high school you know we're no longer able to just do what we want and independent and live independently and and just be a free will person it says now I have responsibility now I have somebody to look out for now I have somebody I have to think first of and some fathers freak out with that idea that idea of now taking a responsibility. It hits them now for the first time when a child actually comes into their life. Not during the pregnancy, but now 
that the child actually shows up on station and is part of the child's life and the father's life. And some of those fathers just can't handle that. They just they weren't prepared for that. They didn't think that they would have to cut back on their own independence and free will spirit. But no, a child says, look at me, pay attention to me, think of me, be part of my life, care for me, nurture me, make me first over your friends. So that's one thing some of these new fathers have trouble with, and they experience that postpartum depression. Others are just plain scared. They accept the responsibility. They know it's their responsibility. They're not afraid of that. But they're just scared that they know that they don't know what to do, or they if they're scared of what's going to happen, and will they be able to handle it? Will they be able to care for the child? Will they be able to really take care of that child? Provide financially, provide educationally, you know, provide an emotional support base. Some fathers are just anxious and nervous and scared, and have a hard time admitting it. You know, the interesting thing about fathers who. Um, have this postpartum depression. You don't see them in therapy. They don't come to therapy. You know why? Because they think that postpartum depression is really something different. You know, they just think they're going through a phase, or they just think that they're uh, excited about this birth of the child, or they really were uh, not wanting the birth of the child. And they just kind of put it off on something else. But really, it is a depression, and they need to deal with it because they could have a second postpartum depression of a second child. They could live a life of depression for a long time. So fathers need to accept the fact that they do become depressed after the birth of a child in the same way that mothers often do. And get into therapy and take care of it. Now, another research study that came to my attention recently was the fact that fathers... After the child, you know, gets out of the babyhood stage and becomes a child, basically, you know, four, five, six years of age, those dads are spending more time with their children today than their fathers spent with them a generation earlier. You see, fathers today are recognizing, they come to recognize, they learn to recognize that that child's important and that that child can be a friend, that child can be a um, companion. So they're beginning to spend more time. But the other thing that's forcing fathers to spend more time with their kids is the fact that mother's working. She works night and the father spends, works during the day. So they share the child rearing in that way or the other way around. So when one's working one shift, the other's working another shift, that means that child needs to be cared for. And fathers are now being called upon to care for their child during the time that the mother is working. So it's not that he chose to be more involved with his child, but he has to be involved with the life of his child just because of the work schedule that is so much needed uh, within the home, just to make it financially, just to make it socially, and uh, to share that responsibility with parenting. You know, another research study about fathers was very important and very significant. This happened, this research was conducted way back in the 60s. It showed that fathers are the ones that create the motivation for achievement on the part of their children 
particularly young girls. It's when the father gets on the floor and plays. It's when the father says to the child, you can do it. I know you can do it. Try it. You'll be, you'll be able to handle it. You can make it. You can do that. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. And when fathers make those kind of statements, that stands out in the life of a child. And that child develops that achievement to succeed, that, achieve, that, that, that motivation to succeed, that, that motivation to excel, that motivation to go for it and be an achiever. See, it's the father that motivates that achievement uh, desire and that achievement motive on the part of their children. So fathers play an extremely important role in the life of their children. Now, let me just say this, that uh, you may want to look at it also from the point of view of uh, father. Randy Carlson wrote a book not too long ago called Father Memories. And uh, it's a good book. You may want to get a hold of that. But I read out of that a paragraph that might be very important for your um, uh, consideration. And if you're a father or if you're a mother. But just listen to this idea in terms of the fathers. Fathers leave a lasting impression on the lives of their children, says Randy Carlson. Here he goes on to say this. Picture fathers all around the world carving their initials into their family tree. Like a carving in the trunk of an oak. As time passes, the impressions fathers make on their children grows deeper and wider. Depending upon how the tree grows, those impressions can either be one of harmony or one of discordation. Some fathers skillfully carve beautiful messages of love, support, and solid discipline and acceptance into the personality core of their children. Others use words and actions that cut deeply and leave emotional scars. Time may heal the wounds and dull the images, but the important impressions, the important impressions can never be completely erased. So whatever you carve into the life of your children, as you carve into a tree, will be there for their lifetime. And what you want to do, make sure that the carving is clear and positive, supportive, and loving, and motivating, rather than discouraging and hurtful and harmful, as some fathers do. The majority of the fathers are positive and uh, raise their children in nurture and, and uh, support to thrive. There are some fathers that are phantom fathers that are gone from the scene, absent from the scene, and no greater abuse upon a child can be perpetrated than a father removing himself from the life of a child. That hurt will last forever. No greater abuse can a mother perpetrate upon her child than to exclude the father from the life of the children. That will be a mark and a scar forever, not only against the father, but against the mother. No greater abuse can the court or can the social services perpetrate upon children than to exclude the life of a father upon their children.
and in the life of their children. You see, that's abuse. The absence. It carves a message on the oak tree. It carves a message of disregard, of, of uh, disinterest. It carves a message of hurt and sorrow that will be there forever. We need to rethink how we bring fathers and kids together, how we help fathers learn to be parents, how we help fathers learn to be effective fathers, involved fathers, positive fathers, enjoyable fathers, thriving fathers, kinship fathers, friendship fathers, loving fathers. We need to help fathers learn how to do that. So if you're listening to this podcast today, or if you're a father, listen to it again. If your father needs to listen to this, listen to it again. If your husband needs to listen to this, listen to it again. If the children's father needs to listen to it, make sure that they get a copy of this podcast and can listen to it. We need the father in the life of the child. The child needs the father in the life of themselves so that they can move on and they can develop and they can have a personality of worth and strength and encouragement and that they can thrive. We know that fathers that are involved, those children are happier, do better in school, do better socially, and do better in their own health care. So fathers, you play a great role, and we need you to be part of the life of your children. Your children need you to be intimately involved, and nothing should stop you. Nothing should stop you. If you have a mother that's trying to keep you away from your children, you need to address that. You need to deal with that, sometimes through the courts, sometimes through confrontation, sometimes through counseling, you know, through a third party of some kind, whatever it might be. But you need to address that so that you have access to your children and your children have access to you and that access is free, that access is available and spontaneous. Well, anyway, nice to be with you today, and this has been the... Uh, Psychology Report. Thanks for joining me. I send you to my website, booksbyhedberg.com. I refer you to my book, Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. I address this issue of the phantom father in that book. I address the issue of parenting throughout the entire book. Doctor, Teach Me to Parent. So get a hold of the book. Go to the website. You can get it there. You can get it at Barnes & Noble. You can get it at Amazon, uh, if you will. You can get it from the publisher. Call my office if you'd like, 244-3260, area code is 559. We'll get that book out to you. So nice to have you with me today, and thanks for joining me. Again, I would uh, bring to your attention the um, insurance expertise of Susan Hatch. If you are in the insurance um, uh, coverage of the uh, Social Security and uh, Medicare, Susan Hatch is the one to call. She's the guru. She's the expert when it comes to the Medicare insurance plans. There's many of them. And she can help you identify which is the better one for you. She's independent. She works for herself. She doesn't work for Social Security. Doesn't work for Medicare. Doesn't work for any insurance company. She's an independent broker. So she's free to give you the best independent advice that she can have fitting your situation. So look her name up in the phone book, Susan Hatch, and uh, she'll be available to you for sure. Okay, bye for now.